Welcome to Travel First with Alex First. If you're a public transport junkie, we overdosed on our third full day in Lisbon. This time, making our way and back to a delightful place just six kilometres from the city centre, home to many of Portugal's distinctive buildings and landmarks. It's called Belém, that's B-E-L-E-M, and train, bus and tram are on offer to get there and back if you so choose. This is when I should mention that it's inexpensive to get around the wonderful city of Lisbon. Each journey costs just €1.85. Mind you, there are many places you can walk to, making it even cheaper. But better still, if you're spending a few days in Lisbon and want to investigate just what makes this city tick, why not buy a Lisbon card that gives you free public transport and free access to many of its best museums and attractions? You can pick up a one, two or three day pass at a tourist information office located at the arrival hall at Lisbon Airport or downtown. Check it out online at lisboacard.org. That's L-I-S-B-O-A card.org. A 24-hour adult card costs €19. Two-day pass, 32 Three-day card sets you back €40, Euros, which works out at just over €13 Euros a day, about $20 Australian. For children 4 to 15 years of age, the equivalent cost is €12, €18 and €21, Euros, with a three-day kids pass averaging out around 11 bucks a day. These rates are accurate as of the end of 2017. That website again is lisboacard.org. Our first stop in Belém, which is located at the mouth of the River Tagus and was the place from where many of the great Portuguese explorers set off on their voyages of discovery to the then unknown world, was the spectacular and ultra-modern National Coach Museum, which contains one of the finest collections of historical carriages in the world. In fact, it's actually two museums in one, because the old coach museum is literally across the road, so you should take a gander at both. The artwork and intricate design on these historic beauties is simply incredible. I'm talking about the coaches, of course. Even the word ostentatious doesn't do some of them justice. Many were used by royalty and nobility, although there are also a few examples used by the average Joe back in the day. The collection from the 17th, 18th and 19th centuries, numbering 65 in the new building and 29 in the old, according to my count, includes a few examples of transport without wheels. They were called litters, used in Europe until the 19th century. There are also five small-scale vehicles designed for young royals to play with. They could be pulled by ponies, sheep and goats. And in the older quarters, there's also a wonderful tribute to firefighters of the day. The oldest example of these magnificently crafted conveyances and the first my wife and I set eyes upon when we entered the new premises dates back to 1619. Made in Spain, it was used for journeys between Madrid and Lisbon. There are coaches from Portugal, Spain, Italy, France, Austria and England, plus bits and pieces of let's just call them coaching paraphernalia, such as official uniforms and brass lamps used to accompany carriages, a fold-down bed for long journeys, and so on. Once again, the place is suitably named the National Coach Museum. 
A short walk away is a large concreted area giving you a spectacular, uninterrupted view of Lisbon's suspension bridge, which reminded me of the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco due to its look and distinctive red colouring. More than two kilometres long and known as the 25 de Abril Bridge, it was inaugurated in 1966, connects Lisbon to the municipality of Almadeon on the other side of the Tagus River. The viewing platform lends itself to great photos, including panorama shots. Up a steep hill, which you can choose to climb on foot or catch a bus, is the Ajuda Palace, one of the earliest neoclassical buildings in Lisbon, which became a permanent residence of the royal family. Not surprisingly, it features some spectacular-looking interiors, the undoubted highlight of which was the resplendent 180-seat state dining room, which has to be seen to be believed, complete with chandeliers, frescoes on the ceiling and gold leaf aplenty. I could not take my eyes off it. It certainly is a place I wouldn't mind banqueting in. But there are many rooms to see and lose yourself in. We spent more than an hour at the Ajuda Palace before walking back down the hill to the official residence of the Portuguese president called Belém Palace with its striking pink facade. It's been classified as a national monument, became the seat of the presidency after 1910. I should mention that even though it is the official residence of the Portuguese president, the incumbent can choose to live there or not. We lucked out big time because there's only one hour-long English-speaking tour of the palace only on Saturdays, most but not all Saturdays, that is, at 4.30pm. And we happened to be in Bellum that day to take advantage of it. Our guide, really friendly and hospitable guy, who knew a great deal, took us through the state rooms and beautiful gardens of the palace. That included a stop in the chapel, where there are housed a group of quite controversial eight pastel paintings which portray the life of the Virgin Mary. It was a terrific experience. Within the palace, there's also a presidential museum that houses gifts of state and some wonderful portraits of each of the Portuguese presidents in chronological order. If you're travelling to Portugal, you can check all this out and more by going to the website visitlisboa.com. That's visitlisboa.com. You've been listening to Travel First. For more, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the full podcast at Audioboom, Stitcher and iTunes or your favourite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com.